Off the top in this hour, what do Cheryl Crow, Iron Maiden, George Michael, Willie Nelson, and a tribe called Quest have in common? Uh, not a lot, but they are all among the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the class of 2023. Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Joy Division, New Order, which are kind of the same thing, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, The Spinners, A Tribe Called Quest, The White Stripes, and Warren Zevon are the nominees this year. So there's some whittling down to do to see who actually gets to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are these apples to apples comparisons? How do you compare who's more deserving? Who do you, how do you compare who's better? And the challenge, too, is that these are different genres. I mean, if there's a hip-hop hall of fame, a tribe called Quest is a slam dunk. Easy. Same with Missy Elliott. Like, incredibly accomplished acts. I mean, Willie Nelson, I mean, sounds like country music hall of fame would be a good landing spot for Willie Nelson. So that's part of the dilemma here. And you can look at some of these artists and say, okay, they, they were hugely successful. George Michael, I mean, come on. But it's not just about how many albums you sold, right? It's about a lot of other criteria, some of it uh, a little more arbitrary, I guess. So what is uh, Alan Cross, music historian, writer, broadcaster, host of the ongoing history of new music? Think about all of this? Well, you can read some of his thoughts at journalofmusicalthings.com, and you can listen right now. As we uh, bring Alan into the conversation here, Alan, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, this is the annual conversation about uh, yeah. <laughs> who deserves to go in, what is rock and roll, and so on. Yes. How does this year's uh, crop of nominees compare to previous years? Or do we seem to have the same kinds of issues where, okay, some are deserving, some not so much, some maybe in, in the wrong Hall of Fame conversation altogether? Well, here's the situation with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're starting to run out of pure rockers to induct. And before this announcement came out, Greg Harris, the CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nice guy, met him, uh, put out a statement that basically redefined what rock and roll was as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. And this is something that's been happening over the last number of years where we've been kind of seeing the hall spread out to include other genres because well, in their words, you know, rock and roll is a spirit, it's a vibe, it's not a particular sound, it is, you know, whatever basically we say it is. So as a result, uh, we're seeing a number of acts who aren't rock and roll being considered for induction. And I think the big turning point, at least for me, was a few years ago when Whitney Houston got in. I mean, Whitney Houston is not rock and roll by any definition, yet she's in the hall. And uh, we're seeing the expansion of that this year with uh, with some of the people that have been nominated. Right. And I mean, it was interesting. We just had the whole Dolly Parton situation where she initially didn't want to be nominated and, and inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she kind of relented. I, I mean, arguably, she's had some crossover uh, success, but I mean, you know, it seems like we got another issue here with Willie Nelson, for example, potentially. Well, yeah, and again, they say that well, rock and roll was an amalgam of of country and western and hillbilly and rhythm and blues and blues and 
uh, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we have to acknowledge the roots of rock and roll, and that's where the Willie Nelson argument comes in. I mean, you know, country music had became a, an important influence. I mean, we just have to look at the 1970s and bands like the Eagles. Well, of course, you know, that's a country rock act. So if we're going to acknowledge country rock, well, then we have to acknowledge country country. Right. And that's what they're doing with this particular situation. It, it does get, you know, one of the things it does do is that it stops uh, the hall from being a a place for, for white men. Uh, it does broaden the base, uh, broaden the appeal. And, uh, you know, I can see it from their point of view. But at the same time, I mean, uh, it's it's... It's the, it's the same, you know, I don't want to come across as an apologist. I understand what they're doing, but at the same time, like, come on. If you're a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how can you put Whitney Houston in? How can you put, you know, people that were at the antithesis of, of what rock and roll really is? I'm not terribly upset with this year's uh, uh, selections. I mean, only six, I think, are going to get in. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see the final results and uh, see who gets left out, and then we can start arguing. Who, who are the slam dunks here, then, or, or should be? Okay, let's go through them, and I'll tell you. All right. Uh, Cheryl Crow. Mm, I mean, she was a backup singer for Michael Jackson before she became successful. She was, uh, you know, a, a successful singer-songwriter. Uh, Hall of Fame material? No. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Uh, so how about Missy Elliott? Ooh, well, you know, like you said off the top, definitely somebody who would be in the hip-hop Hall of Fame, which they're building in Brooklyn, by the way. That's right. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I'll leave it at that. Just a maybe for her. Okay. Which I, I guess then just jumping to, to A Tribe Called Quest would kind of also be there? That's, that's, an, that's an interesting one because there was a certain amount of crossover between A Tribe Called Quest and the alternative world. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like kind of like a Cypress Hill, kind of like an Everlast, almost, sort of, kind of. So I could almost see that simply because of, of the appeal that they had. So maybe, again, but I would lean towards, yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, Iron Maiden. Duh. <laughs> it's an easy one. That's all I got to say. I mean, they should be <laughs> in there. If, if, if they're not in there, you know, what's going to probably happen with them is the same thing that happened with Judas Priest. Is that these uh, some of these groups, especially these metal groups, can't get enough votes? So what they do is they give them a special participation award and put them in the hall that way. It's uh, you know they didn't get in with the votes, but uh, everybody recognizes that they should be in there anyway, so they give them this uh, this participation trophy. Okay, so uh, Joy Division uh, slash New Order. Absolutely, hundred percent. Two of the most uh, influential bands of the seventies and eighties, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Now, Cindy Lauper had a couple of albums in the 80s and then parlayed those couple of albums into a career. Talented singer, uh, very beloved by many people in the industry. Uh, her biggest song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, wasn't written by her, written by a guy named Robert Hazard. It's a cover song, actually. Uh, no, I will go no. Uh, well, we t- talked about George Michael, but let's let's expand on that because I mean, you know, incredibly talented, incredibly influential, incredibly successful. But is this the right venue, I guess, to 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 honor him? Does George Michael fit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I put him in the same category as Whitney Houston. No. 
Uh, so, okay, so George Michael's a, a no. Um, so Willie Nelson, well, we talked about him too, right? So maybe, but probably Country Music Hall of Fame seems more appropriate. Yeah, and, and the fact that the guy's turning 90 years old, uh, you know, they're going to want to honor him in some way. So uh, and the Cannabis Hall of Fame, it. probably, if that's a thing too. Probably, you know, <laughs> you know, Willie Nelson can outsmoke anybody on this list. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. 100% put them in now. Well, and the timing is interesting because, you know, what point is a band ready for induction? But Rage Against the Machine, they, they've been around a while, so they, they've done enough, you feel, then, that they're, they're a slam dunk. Absolutely. They, they were, you know, so important. They continue to be so important to, to a lot of alternative people. So, yeah. yeah, you know, they came out in 1992, so it's 25 years after their first album. Yeah, that would, uh, that would qualify them. So, yes, I say that, you know, what they did was they took uh, elements of rock, elements of funk, elements of hip-hop, blended them all together into something brand new and opened up the, the, uh, the sound of rock and roll, period. No doubt. Uh, Soundgarden. Yes, no question. Uh, okay, so we got two left here. Let's let's go to the other rock band that's left over here, and then maybe that's a question of timing. The White Stripes. Yeah, it is a question of timing. I mean, it's it's a matter of when the band gets in. I, you know, they were one of the most important um, parts of the indie rock revival in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Uh, they became hugely successful and influential just you know look around today and see how many two-person bands there are a lot of that goes back to the white stripes uh jack white a tremendous frontman great guitarist great songwriter um it, it you know this is where we get into vote splitting uh you can only vote for so many people so where is this one going to end up i i would say that they may not get in this time but they really should get in at some point and that leaves us with the spinners your thoughts on the spinners yeah, you know, there's a great R&B pop group, um, you know, based on precedence. You know, there were other groups like them in the Hall of Fame. I think the Temptations are in the Hall of Fame. So, and then the, some other Motown groups. So I would, you know, y you could make an argument based on precedent, but we'll see. Oh, and one more we, we didn't mention, Warren Zevon, who, as you know, right. I mean, he's well known as a, a songwriter. I mean, is that is that appropriate here for him? Uh, beloved amongst everybody as a songwriter. So, um yeah. Who was it? There was somebody that actually wrote the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame demanding that he be included on the ballot. I can't remember who that was, but it was a big name. Oh, really? And uh, so I, you know, he never sold an awful lot of records, only had a couple of hits. But I would, uh, I, I would serve, based on his, his, his ability as a songwriter and, and the regard that he has within the music industry, I'd pick him, sure. Well, fans can vote. Uh, there is a fan voting element to all of this. Uh, Vote.rockhall.com. And uh, more on Alan Cross's thoughts on all of this at journalofmusicalthings.com. Alan, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.